Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. Apparently, he's going to try out for Paul Gasol's team. He's been taking a new product he owes the credit to, Balance 7. Balance 7 is a pH-balancing alkaline supplement drink. It's like vitamins or supplements in liquid form. Just one ounce a day, three times a day, and in a week, you'll see the effects. There's no denying it. Father time is undefeated. But products like Balance 7 help as it allows you to hydrate and recover faster as opposed to other sports drinks and traditional water. This is just one of the many perks of allowing you to handle your wear and tear as an athlete. And we all know the less things you have to worry about on the field, on the court, or wherever, the better. You can see how Balance 7 has helped. And right now, if you go to balance7.com and use the promo code BLEAVE, you'll get $10 off their 32-ounce bottle. The bottle lasts 11 days, which is the perfect amount of time to feel that pH balance and drink go to work. Again, that's balance7.com and use the code BLEAVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. I did. If it worked for myself and Lamar, it can work for you too. At the 15, at the 10, at the 5, still going. Look at the Joe. Line, bullseye. It's a Buffalo touchdown. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome back to another edition of Bullseye, the UB Bulls football podcast. I'm your host, Kyrie Demos, and today we've got a little bit of change in our format for the show. First off, we're going to recap the Bulls' season opening win over FCS Wagner, as I was able to do some post-game interviews with defensive end Taylor Riggins, quarterback Kyle Van Treese, running back Ron Cook Jr., as well as head coach Maurice Linguist, as they look back on UB's season-opening 69-7 win over the Seahawks. From there, in the second half of the show, I'll be joined by Believe in Nebraska host Sam Casaccio, 
as we dive into the matchup between UB and Nebraska this coming weekend. So stay tuned and enjoy, my friends. All right, Taylor, thanks for joining us. Um, if you, why don't you just open first with just an opening statement on your thoughts on, on obviously a really good win to kick off the season. Um, felt really good getting this, getting this first win under our belt. You know, um, we've been through a lot of adversity this, this off season and, you know, we, uh, the team as a whole has done a great job responding and, and, uh, buying into the program. And I think that's something, uh, our team as a whole has showed tonight. Okay. So just for you to be back out there, first game since the 2019 season, just thoughts on, you know, being able to return after so much time away. It felt great. You know, um, was able to learn a lot last season, you know, not not playing and and uh, and uh, just being out here tonight with with my brothers playing alongside of them felt felt really great and in that winner win under our belt felt great as well. Just thinking about you know with you having so much time away, dealing with your injury and everything like that. You know, what was the one thing you tried to do mentally, um, physically as well um, during that time? And you know, what was what did, what do you think you learned the most of with your time away? Uh, my main goal during my time away was just to get 1% better every day, whether that's uh, improving my pass rush skills or helping the guys around me get 1% better every day, whether that's doing extra drills with them, watching extra film, and, and just getting better, continuing to get better. Hey, Kyle, congrats on the win. If you could just uh, start an you know, opening statement, just your thoughts on, on your team's performance out there and, and obviously a great win to start the season. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was awesome to be out there in a live game setting. Um, you know. I think overall, through all facets of the game, we played really well. A couple mistakes here and there, but things we got to clean up. Um, but really proud of this team and what we've been able to uh, accomplish throughout the offseason and all the adversity that we've faced. And, um, you know, everything was on display tonight. And, you know, we just got to keep building upon it for as the season uh, unfolds. How's it going, Kyle? Um, just wanted to check in with you about you know, the performances from the receiving core tonight. Seemed like we had some guys that really stepped up and were making some plays and roles and expanded roles for them for them from last season. Just thoughts on uh, what they were able to put together. Yeah, I mean the receiving court did a great job tonight. You know, making plays, going up and ca- making catches, uh, running after the catch. Um, but you know, they they put in the work this offseason, so they they deserve everything that they're, they're that they're getting. Um, but you know, everything that they are doing wouldn't be possible without that offensive line and the running backs protecting and you know setting us up for. Uh, you know, success in the passing game and coach Montgomery putting us in the position and giving us the right plays to be successful. You know, I know we talked a little bit about it during media day and you just mentioned you were there with uh, coach Montgomery. You know, thoughts on your first game being able to play in his offense? It was awesome. It was awesome. It was, it felt um, pretty balanced and, you know, well thought out and smooth for us, you know, and with the limited time that we've had in the offense, um, the confidence is there around the, for all 11 guys, the guy calling it, um, and everybody watching. Uh, so it, it was awesome to be in that offense. Player, sir. Yep. Okay. Uh, Ron, if you just, what was your, your overall thoughts on the game? Obviously just a really dominating start to, from start to finish. So how was it for you out there? Um, it was very exciting. Honestly, it was good to be back in front of the fans. Good to be, uh, back as a unit, as a team. And then like, uh, with the new coaching staff and everything, it was like a whole new family, but it, it was a challenge, but, it was also fun, and it was just good to be back. Ron, how's it going? Good, and you? 
Um, just wanted to check in with you about, you know, obviously, great performance. Uh, you know, being able to total 94 yards rushing, rushing touchdown. And, you know, for you to be able to have the performance you did tonight, um, just what was it like to be able to have that kind of performance, especially, you know, seeing a few new faces in front of you on the offensive line? Um, it was it was very good, honestly. It was uh, nice to have Jack Clank and uh, Jake Fusak and guys like Gabe Wallace and in the front line and showing and really much honestly working very hard in the offseason and coming out tonight and showing it out in front of everybody. And those big runs or those key runs doesn't happen without them. And it's like, uh, it was a very good experience, honestly, because they had to find their chemistry. It was the first game with them all together. And so we lost a couple guys, but they are finding their love for each other and their trust. So without them, things wouldn't happen. Just uh, talking about the running back room as a whole, you know, being able to play under Coach Mike Daniels, you know, just thoughts on being able to work with all of those guys. It seems like you guys have a stable of backs that can all compete this season. Um, coach Daniels is, is a very good coach, honestly. He's taught me a lot. He's taught us all a lot. And we've been progressing over the offseason and in the fall, I mean, in the uh, fall camp. And guys like Kevin Marks and Dylan McDuffie, and we're all just working together as a unit to push hard. We've all been working over, over the break, I mean, over um, fall camp and just coming together, finding the love for the line and then trusting them and being able to trust the reads and everything. And also Shane Montgomery, coach the office and the coordinator. He helps us a lot to understand the playbook. And we, it was a little different trying to get back and learn the signals and different things like that. But they helped us a lot. Thank you, Ron. Coach, good to see you. Congratulations on the win. Can you just nice talk us through what it, what it felt like out there for you today and, and your thoughts on your team's performance? Um, uh, really proud of the uh, attitude and effort uh, that our guys played with and the connection and confidence that they took on the field. Um, it's a testament to the players and the coaching staff of uh, just preparing every single day. Um, you know, I told the team early on this week, this game is definitely not about any one individual, certainly not me. Uh, it's about the players that play the game. It's about the coaches giving the players the uh, tools that they need to succeed. And, um, you know, our job is to help them um, understand and learn, teach the game, put it in simple terms and and uh, let them go out there and, and, uh, and play fast and have fun and play connected and play confident. So, um, as a player, their job is to prepare and perform, and they did that, and are certainly proud of uh, of uh, what they did uh, out there tonight. Hey, Coach, how's it going tonight? Hey, Corey, how are you doing? Good, good. Just, uh, you know, it's been eight years since last time you were on this sideline and, you know, watching um, the Bulls, you were helping the Bulls defeat uh, Ohio in that last game that you had here eight years ago. But for you to see, just also thinking about, you know, what the past year and a half um, has been with COVID and the pandemic and things like that. To see a full house packed here for the season opener, just thoughts on that. I, th I thought our, our student section did a tremendous job. You know, we had a big pep rally a few days ago and it was packed with thousands of students. And, uh, you know, we challenged the students to come out and uh, show their their love and support, um, not just uh, just to the football team, but just to UB athletics in general. And, uh, and, and us being having this first home game, uh, our, our student section, our true blue section, man, they shined through and they did a great job at an intimidating atmosphere. And uh, the challenge is now to change their best. We need more students. We need, 
uh, we need to uh, every student to bring another student with them. Um, but but uh, really excited to get people back in the stands and back in the normal swing of things and try to have some create some type of normalcy that, you know, sports and athletics and football can bring. And, um, uh, you know, everybody's had, uh, you know, there's their ups and downs and with COVID and everything. And, and we're definitely excited to be, uh, be able to give people a break and come out to a game and, and watch us and support us and just be with the team. And, uh, and we we're thankful uh, for everybody's support. We recognize people's time is valuable and we're thankful that they chose to come out here and be with us tonight. It was roughly uh, over 13,000 fans in attendance, so they definitely filled it to the brim. But, you know, also moving forward, just knowing your you know, connection to the defensive side of the ball and seeing what the, the guys were able to put together, a limited way and seven points. Just thoughts on the defensive effort overall. Yeah, uh, Coach Carlton did an outstanding job of pre- preparing the, team, the defense all week, of uh, just putting them in a position to uh, to uh, identify formation, recognize plays, and then you know so much of defense is relentlessly pursuing the football, getting eleven guys to chase after the ball carrier with a relentless attitude. And I thought our guys did a great great job of doing that tonight. You know, Taylor Riggins played his butt off. James Patterson, Gaddafi Wright, George Wallow, defensive line did a great job of just attacking the quarterback, and and our linebackers flowed on the second level and. The Secondary covered all night, so uh, they definitely, uh, definitely uh, um, uh, uh, had a lot of great things going on that side of the ball, and, and uh, it was good to see. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Clark. We've got exciting news. Our pod is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest-profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of er, electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as cool sportsbook-style concept, which is called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. What's going on, my friends? Kyrie Demos here, joining you all from Bullseye, the UB Bulls podcast. But I've also got a special guest with me here today, Sam Casacho, who does the Believe in Nebraska college football podcast. How's it going today, Sam? It's going good. What's going on, Bulls fans? What's going on, Husker Nation? We're going to do a little joint podcast here for you guys today. Absolutely. You love to see it. And that's the, I think, you know, I haven't been a former college football player myself. You know, I think one of the coolest parts of the college football season is the August, September, um, you know, this early stretch, just just with all these, you know, non-conference games and, you know, teams that really don't often play each other, you know, just talking about this matchup with UB and Nebraska, two teams that have never played against each other before. And, you know, I, I think, you know, especially coming from Buffalo and being in, in this area, people asking me all the time about things with the Bulls. You know, they saw Nebraska on the schedule. That was a name that really popped out just off the, the, the you know, the name brand factor alone. So, but, you know, at the same time, too, these are not 
Tom Osborne's Cornhuskers. No offense. You know, I think Scott Foster's a <laughs> tremendous coach. He definitely We're is a tremendous far coach. Far from it. We're not both Lini's <laughs> Cornhuskers. <laughs> no, no doubt. But, you know, just so, Sam, just, just asking you a little bit about this team. You know, what is this team that Bulls fans have not seen before? You know, what can they expect from them on the other side? Oh, th- you know, thanks, Kyrie. I, I appreciate the question. And and it's it's actually a really cool thing, to your point, that th- this is the best time of year with all the out-of-conference games. And it's actually the first time in history that the Huskers will play two teams from New York State back-to-back. Wow. I think probably two times in New York State in the same season. No with doubt. Fordham playing from the Bronx in New York City, and mm-hmm. now we're going to get to play uh, New York State. So it's it's a real pleasure to talk about it and, and to get to do this with you. Absolutely, um, same here. For the for the Bulls fans out there, where the Huskers are kind of at, you know, whether you watch the Illinois game or the Fordham game, I doubt you watch the Fordham game, but the Illinois game was on national television in week zero, so there wasn't much else on. And I think if, you know, if you didn't see it, there were a lot of mistakes in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Huskers, I don't, the, the safety on the punt return is probably the one of the worst college football plays I've ever seen. Uh, filled in a punt on the two, and then when you're getting tackled in the end zone, trying to throw it out, it, it was a disaster. And putting the ball on the ground, where this team is at is in, we have, you know, the expectation after Scott Frost left UCF on an undefeated season, came back to coach's alma mater, would be that, that team had gone from winless to undefeated that he'd be able to turn a a, a program really at, at rock bottom around and we're entering year four. And it's not that the talent isn't there or that the scheming and that the offensive scheme that Frost has brought isn't there. It's, it's that there's a lot of mistakes and that they play undisciplined football and have played particularly ter- really, really bad special teams um, almost every game over the last four years. Um, and, and, and that kind of leaked into last week. So what the Huskers are looking to do right now is they played Fordham last week. They cleaned up some of the mistakes that happened against Illinois. And they were trying to stack games here. They're coming and play an even cleaner game against the bulls. And, and if they do that, you know, they'll have more success, but they're, they're running a similar offense to, to what Scott ran, Scott Frost ran at Oregon and what he did at UCF. So you can expect that you can expect the ball being, you know, spread around a little bit of option, um, but definitely spacing and defensively, they, you know, they, they have a lot of super seniors. A lot of guys came back and, and there's definitely a strength on this team right now. No doubt. And, you know, I think it's, it's going to be a great chess match to see how that defense matches up against Shane Montgomery's offense, you know, with Kyle Van Trees and Kevin Marks Jr. um, running the show at quarterback and running back respectively. And just going off of, you know, what you you shared about Nebraska, the Bulls are coming in on a, in a very unique uh, point, obviously, you know, still very young in the the Mo Linguist era, you know, with him coming back to UB after his stint um, there. Uh, actually, when I was there as well, uh, back last in uh, 2013. But, you know, just to think that, you know, they, they handle business. I mean, watching a game like the the Wagner game, you know, a 69 to 7 just drubbing, it's really hard to, to evaluate it because of two things. You know, first off, for UB, it's like, okay, well, 
there's not much that you can really harp on. You know, what what are the the deficiencies and and, and negatives that you can really, you know, uh, talk about? You know, I mean, there were a couple different things, a couple hiccups, you know, a couple muff punts, punt returns and things like that. But, you know, outside of that, the offense was really clicking. They They scored on all but one of their drives in the game and that the drive that they didn't score was, you know, when they were running the clock out at the end of the game and um, to be able to, to limit uh, Wagner to seven points and those seven points came in garbage time on um, sometime during the fourth quarter. So to think, um, yeah, you know, what was the score at half? Oh man, I believe the score at half, just taking a look here quick. Um, the score at halftime was, it was 40 something to zero. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, 36 or 38 to nothing. 38. So, yeah. So, I mean, to, to have, you know, a, an opponent like Wagner to open up the season, it's great. Right. You know, it bolsters the team's confidence. You know, I think um, UB is a very balanced group. You know, I like what they have in the skill group. Uh, Giovanni Ruiz looked great the other night. Dom Johnson and um, Ron Cook was, a you know, a, a, um, a welcome um, highlight in the uh, Bulls backfield, as well as Dylan McDuffie and um, some other names, you know, with uh, five different running backs scoring touchdowns. But at the same time, too, you know, there's not going to be a team uh, for the rest of the season that UB plays that'll be nearly as bad as Wagner was. Right. You know, let it's alone. A woeful, it's a woeful opponent with a new coaching staff. So you're still kind of in the dark here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like Nebraska going into year four, seeing the same, same movie we've seen, uh, the last three or four years. Um, I guess the question I would have is with the, the coaching change to, to Linquist, right? Yep. Coach Linguist. And yep. you had some turnover of the offensive line. What, yeah, I, I would assume you'd have the same concerns going into this game that you had, you know, going into the last one, Wagner's a woeful opponent. So you rolled them. But now you're going to play a Big Ten opponent. The talent's going to be night and day. Right. What are the concerns you have with the, you know, the coaching change, turnover of players, et cetera? Yeah, you know, you 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 hit the nail right on the head, Sam. Just just thinking about the offensive line. You know, there was really two main returners on the offensive line with Jake Fusak and um, Jack Clank. But at the same time, too, you know, um, even even thinking about the the season opening win, there were a couple different guys that were tested out at right tackle, like DeAndre, um, uh, do uh, Iron, and um, you know just just thinking about Gabe Wallace was in the mix as well there, and um, so you know I, I just think that that there's you know still that big question mark like you said because I think this is going to be the biggest test obviously to this point, but, you know, it may be the biggest test that UBC's all season in terms of just playing against a team that is, um, you know, a, a power five um, participant. Um, you know, I think also, too, going off of that, I, I really still am interested to see how Coach Linguist and uh, Joe Cawthon's uh, defense, how it, you know, progresses now getting into a, you know, a, a tougher slate. You know, even and in, in, in not to even downplay the Cornhuskers, but thinking about playing the Cornhuskers and then, you know, fast forward to next weekend, you know, having to play, um, you know, a top 25 ranked team in Coastal Carolina. You know, what what are these two upcoming matchups? How is that going to test the Bulls medal? Because, you know, not to be not to look at it glass half empty, but that was a re- really low bar to be set 
uh, with week one, you know, having to play a team like Wagner. I mean, Wagner, including the UB game, is now one in 14 in their last 15 games as a program. So, you know, it really just is it, right. not um, cognizant or it's not representative of what UB will face throughout the season. But um, I, I just want to see what exactly, um, you know, what will the Bulls be able to prove? provide in really some measuring stick games. And this is really, I think, even more so of a measuring stick game just for the simple fact of, you know, being able to go to Memorial Stadium and, you know, taking on a historic program like the Cornhuskers. Are the Bulls going to be, you know, caught with um, their eyes in the headlights or, you know, are they going to be able to make this a competitive matchup, you know, against a program that, you know, from the outside looking in, most people may say, hey, you know, this is a big name program. You know, UB might not stand a chance, but just knowing that UB is coming off of a, you know, their first or off of its first um, AP poll ranking last season, maybe this is a time that they, you know, put themselves back on the map um, with a power five upset. Right. Yeah. You see the the, the rise of the challenge or kind of crumble before it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that for both teams, it's interesting because Fordham is definitely maybe the worst team that Nebraska has played. I think at least in the last 20 years and, and Buffalo's coming off of a game against Wagner. Both of them are, are decided blowouts. Obviously both teams cover. Mm-hmm. Then they come into this game. This is going to be, I think a challenge for both teams. Like the, you know, Nebraska lost to Illinois. So mm-hmm. we're, this is absolutely a measuring stick game. Can we stack this game? Can we rise to the challenge of, of playing against a team that's, you know, a team that just won 79, 69 to seven against anybody. Right. I mean, that's, that's the reality of where we're kind of looking at the Huskers. And I think the, the, you know, UB is in a, in a similar position. They're coming off a big win. They're going to play the Huskers and then they're going to probably play a better team in coastal Carolina. I can't believe I have to say that, that the, <laughs> uh, coastal Carolina is better than the Huskers, but the, the week after that for Nebraska is the 50th anniversary of the game of the century. They're going to play Oklahoma again for the first time in 10 years. Mm. So, we, you know, I think both teams are looking to stack games here no, to no. get to, to, to take it to the next level after, you know, playing a woeful opponent. Most definitely. Yeah. And, you know, just just going off of that, you know, I think one of the, the biggest keys will be, you know, being able to stop, uh, you know, dual threat quarterback Adrian Martinez, who you know has shown um, to, to really be one of the, the most dynamic quarterbacks in the country in terms of with his legs rushing for over 100 yards the first game of the season against Illinois, but also, you know, he's combined for three uh, rushing touchdowns in those first two games. So, you know, what have you seen from Adrian over these last now, you know, four seasons with him being a, a scene in his senior year? Well, looking at Adrian Martinez and, and his body of work is it's kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. He's either rushing for a 75 yard touchdown against Illinois. He was able to do that. He also, you know, with less than a minute left in the half, put the ball on the ground um, and let Illinois scoop and score, you know, going into half, giving them the momentum. And Illinois didn't really look back after that. Um, And Martinez was actually our leading rusher last year, but he also fumbled more than anybody in college football. So that's kind of what we're looking at. If, if I was, if I was, uh, you be, you know, if I was Linquist, I would be trying to force Martinez into the errors that have plagued his career and, and trying to contain um, as much as you can, because he is a special player and he will do special things with his feet. 
Um, and he can definitely throw the ball. You know, it, it, it's about limiting that and forcing, forcing Nebraska to some of the areas that have plagued him. I think that would be what I, what I'd be looking at. What I'm more curious about from you guys is, you know, what, who, who are the players you think can make an impact over, uh, you know, offensively against a veteran defense and, and, and who on your defense do you think is going to make an, you know, be able to force Martinez into those errors? Is it, is it the pass rush of, of the bulls? Is it in the secondary where do you guys have a veteran group? Yeah, I would, I would say to, to go off of that, the, the question about the defense first, you know, I would say, you know, Taylor Riggins, you know, he, he's a guy that, you know, I talked about him on the last podcast and um, we've talked about him throughout the summer as well, you know, being able to come back after missing all of 2020 with, with injury. I mean, it, his presence showed, you know, having six tackles leading the team, uh, two sacks as well, and just was harassing, you know, both of the guys that Wagner had under center. So, you know, he, he really showed to be a factor, but, you know, there, there were some transfers that were able to come over alongside of him and just, you know, some of the other names like, you know, Deshaun Folsom at outside backer and George Wallow, you know, both those guys recorded sacks as well. Max Michelle, um, as well coming off the edge. So, you know, I think the, the Bulls, if they're going to ha- stand a chance, it's going to be with those guys up front, you know, being able to limit Adrian Martinez, but also too, I'd love to see the chess match between James Patterson, um, the linebacker, uh, and team captain, you know, who, who had an, a, a solid effort himself as well, you know, with five tackles in the game against Wagner. But, you know, I want to see what he, he can bring to the table matching up against a speedy quarterback like Martinez. But, you know, just flipping it over to the offensive side, you asked about, you know, just some guys that I think can make an impact or will need to make an impact if UB is to pull off this upset. You know, I would say, you know, it always it starts and ends with Kyle Van Treese, you know, under center. I think for him, you know, the, the interesting thing is, you know, well, first of all, congrats to him coming off of, uh, you know, his Mac East Offensive Player of the Week selection. And, you know, he just was very efficient last week, you know, going 15 and 19, 231 yards and a touchdown pass. And, you know, he, he seems to really be in rhythm. And, you know, one thing that stuck, stood out to me uh, when I spoke with him um, during the Bulls media day was that, you know, this Shane Montgomery offense, you know, first of all, Shane Montgomery is not only his OC, he's also his quarterback's coach. But he said he really feels comfortable in this offense because it's an offense that he ran similarly um, in, in high school. So to be able to be back in a system that you're not only comfortable with, but also to being this now his third um, year as a starter. And just knowing that he's got some some weapons now, you know, the big the big question was, you know, what could the Bulls do without Antonio Nunn and, you know, um, Trevor Wilson uh, transferring out as well. But, you know, Giovanni Ruiz stepped up, you know, Dom Johnson stepped up. Um, the Bulls seem to have, uh, you know, some some weapons with Keon Williams now coming over from Eastern Michigan. So, you know, it, it, the, the cupboard really is not as bare as it once seemed it could have been you know, with some of the names that left and graduated. But at the same time, too, this is going to be a much bigger test. So I'm really interested to hear, Sam, who you think um, will be causing havoc for the Bulls offense and, um, you know, impeding in their their process. Sure. So the, the, the Huskers defense last year, you know, kind of the offense since the first year where there was a lot of hope with Scott Frost in mm-hmm. a lot of categories has taken step back in terms of their wide receivers um and different different skill position players but on defense mm-hmm. frost really took over a, a a 
gross defensive unit. I mean, that's the best way to say it. They were they were terrible when he took over. And defensive coordinator Eric Shenander has really shaped them year after year. They struggled to to pass rush and to stop the run in in the first couple of years he was there. Even with veteran players, uh, some defensive linemen, uh, the Davis brothers, Carlos and uh, Khalil Davis went to the NFL or on the Buccaneers. Um, they they just weren't weren't good. And even with those players turning over. Last year, the Huskers took a big step in defending the run, which is huge in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. They still couldn't. The pass rush still wasn't all there. And then against Illinois, the, the, the truth was the defense of Nebraska kept Nebraska in that game because the offense was really sputtering at a lot of times. Um, because and, and this is kind of too. So what you know for defensively, you have you have a veteran defensive front. Damian Daniels is the nose guard. Ben Stilley is a, is a preseason all big 10, um, the potential all big 10 player, um, Jojo Doman linebacking core. And then the secondary are all veterans. And they had, you know, Jojo Doman had his first career interception last week. And then, um, Dante Williams, a super senior Jojo Doman's a super senior. Also Dante Williams had two interceptions and Mark held another super senior, um, had a, a blocked a field goal. So these guys are, are all this, that is probably your biggest challenge. That's definitely the strength of Nebraska right now is, is the way the defense is playing. I thought it was interesting that you brought up, you know, that you kind of have a lot of veterans on the, in the front seven naming Taylor Riggins and um, James Patterson, these guys, this is a weakness of the Huskers right now. And this was a weakness, at least to start the Fordham game. And it was definitely a weakness against Illinois. The offensive line had two staples that dated back before Frost even came. They were starters. And Brendan Hymas at left tackle, so that's protecting Martinez's blind side. And you had Matt, and he had the most, uh, Brendan Hymas had 40 career starts for a Husker, which is a record. There's no, to have that many consecutive starts, um, despite all the pipelines of the 90s, et cetera. Matt Farniak is a two-time captain and played r- like every position on the offensive line. Right tackle. He played set, he played guard last year and he also started at center. So he started at, at some point, he started at every position. Both of those guys have left. And this year, the offensive line has, you know, obviously those guys are both in the NFL. Nebraska doesn't put that many people in the NFL. And the they've taken a step back in pass protection and in the run game. Um a veteran front of any team, certainly Illinois gave us a hard time. Uh, and, and at times Fordham did yesterday, not so much in the, in the pass rush, but they were able to stop up the run they, you know, the run lanes weren't there, you know, two yard gains against a Patriot league team. If the, if the bulls are able to, to get those guys going and, and take advantage of that the Huskers this is a big challenge for the Husker offensive line to stand up against a, what is, you know, obviously the guys that led the, the bulls defensively against Wagner are in the front seven. So you're going to, you know, Nebraska is going to have to pass protect. They're going to have to take a step forward in those departments. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day. Most definitely. Yeah. And and I'm glad you brought up the, you know, the pass protection and just just knowing that the the secondary could be tested if Nebraska's uh, pass pro holds up. You know, just thinking that thinking about Samori uh, Torre, you know, the performance he had in week two and then also thinking about, um, what uh, Oliver Martin did in week one against Illinois, you know, those are two guys who both showed that they can make plays downfield and, um, you know, can get out into space. So, you know, I'm interested to see what, you know, the, the, the Bulls secondary 
can put together, you know, um, when, when, that'll when, be that'll be a big test for the Bulls because Samari Toure uh, transfer from from Montana. Um, he he really got going in week two when Oliver Martin is out. Now he might be out in this game. We don't know, but I think the Huskers are hopeful they'll have him back. Omar Manning also was able to make an impact against Fordham, but another big player that could have a big impact in this game and had an impact against Fordham is tight end Austin Allen. He's a captain on the team. He's six nine. He's a matchup nightmare for most teams, and particularly for teams like Fordham or Buffalo that don't have players that are, are that size or have that speed. No doubt. Yeah, that'll be that'll be um, you know an interesting matchup, especially for the Bulls' um, linebacking core. You know, I mentioned Folsom earlier. I wonder if he'll be matched up on him, or if some of the safeties like EJ Brown and um, and Corey Gross. Um, just just thinking of some of those guys, but you know, so just just thinking about this game overall, I just want to hear your 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 last thought on you know big picture of what this game could be for Nebraska and, you know, how the outcome could um, result for uh, both sides. Sure. So, you know, I kind of touched on this earlier, but what this is going to be about is about stacking games and getting better from, from the Fordham game and being better in this game than we were in the last. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of being better at a higher tick than we've got, than we've already progressed. Mm -hmm. The Fordham game was better than the Illinois game, but we need to be, like exponentially better in this game to be not just to win, but to be able to, to get the team ready to go on the road and, and play a top 10 opponent in Oklahoma mm-hmm. the next week. Um, that That's the thing. And the biggest thing above all is an emphasis that is going to happen every week is going to be about turnovers and mistakes and special teams, being able to, to, to execute special teams at just a, even a reasonable level, not, you know, not even having it be a strength, just, not fumbling punt returns, not taking safeties, being able to actually return some of the balls, uh, you know, in the, in the game against Fordham, I don't think they ever brought a kick return past, you know, the 25 yard line, that kind of stuff is not great. That's a Patriot league opponent. You know, you're going to have a tougher sledding against Buffalo and you're going to have tougher sledding the rest of the big 10. So it's about stacking games and, and getting exponentially better week to week because the, as the, the, the schedule is going to get tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher as the Huskers go. Um, I guess I could flip the same question right back to you. What, what, what do the bill, um, um, excuse me, the bulls expect to get out of this game? Yeah. You know, I just think very similarly to, to what you were saying about being able to stack games, but I think, you know, just knowing where UB is at, is at as a program, to think that this is a program that has been at or above 500 the last four seasons, you know, they're, they're not just some doormat Mac program anymore, but to think that, you know, Hey, we, we've had a AP ranking, you know, from the coming into the 2021 season um, from 2020, you know, let's build on that. You know, is this, is this going to be a moment that the program can look back on and say, Hey, listen, you know, we, we've been, you know, going up against some power fives programs each year and we're showing well against them. We've beaten some, you know, remember when we beat Nebraska, you know, like, so to be able to have moments like those or, you know, potentially even knocking off a, a, a top 25 program next weekend with Coastal Carolina, I think these types of games are the ones that the Bulls have really built themselves up to be a part of, you know, and, and not just looking at it as, okay, well, you know, how much are they going to get, um, beat by because 
at the end of the day, yeah, I do think that Nebraska um, could, you know, beat you be in this game. But at the same time, too, what does that look like? You know, is this a narrow miss? Is it is it reminiscent of the 2013 um, UB Ohio State game where a couple plays here and there and UB, you know, knocks off the, you know, a top five team in the country? Or is it, you know, like the year before when they took on um, Georgia and, you know, really got trounced? So, you know, I think it's going to be um, – you know, uh, an important pivotal moment in the program's history. But, you know, also going off that too, I think a game like this, you know, a game like last week, you get to see everything. You get to see how good of a program UB has become. But I think a game like this against Nebraska, you know, when some of your strengths may be taken away, you know, I want to see what, what the identity of the team will be, will look like moving forward, just for the fact that, you know, hey, you may have certain things taken away. You know, what are you going to lean on? You know, are you going to continue to look to Kyle Van Treese? You know, are you going to look to that stable of running backs with, you know, Marks and Cook and Dylan McDuffie and Tajay Ahmed? Or, you know, or is, are you going to be leaning on the defensive side of the ball, you know, with all those veterans and especially having a defensive-minded coach like Mo Lingua? So I just think a game like this will really almost force your hand into – showing what your identity is, you know, and especially for uh, a group that's really just learning under a, a new head coach. I think that's uh, integral for their development. Yeah. And, and, and as you kind of said that you built yourself up here, I know in Nebraska that everyone's looking at this game, knowing that this team knows how to win. We played for a conference championship last year. This Bulls team knows how to win. So we'll definitely be, be looking out for that. Um, now, before we go, I have to ask this on, on behalf of the entire Nebraska fan base. Uh, so Kyrie was a former player at Buffalo, and he was actually recruited by none other than Turner Gill, a Nebraska legend. Um, I would love if you would just tell us even a little bit about that, because, you know, everybody loves loves talking about, uh, you know, former Huskers and, and the success they've had. No doubt. And, you know, for me, it, it's it's so special to be able to say, you know, my first real recruitment um, from the division, from the division one level was with Turner Gill, you know, obviously. So I grew up about 30 minutes outside of Buffalo or outside of UB's campus. So, you know, I'm right in their backyard and um, the very first college football camp that I attended, uh, well, division one football camp that I attended was at UB and, you know, uh, under coach Gill. And I just have such great memories of him, you know, leading the team to um, the 2008 MAC championship. I was in eighth grade that year and, you know, to the following year to be at his camp and, you know, going through all these drills and things like that in the end camp. And I'm meeting coach Gill and, you know, I was almost starstruck um, just because he had such a way about him. And he was, I was just literally just the other day telling somebody this, he, he, he had a quiet confidence to him, but, you could just feel his energy. Like, man, this guy is really the man. Like he knows what he's talking about. And, you know, just whenever he spoke, we all listened, um, you know, throughout the the duration of the camp. And unfortunately, and this is no offense to Jeff Quinn, you know, I appreciated being able to play under him, but, you know, unfortunately coach um, Gil, you know, had other things in mind and, you know, took his talents to Liberty and then to Kansas and things like that. So, you know, it, it was great to be able to learn under him. And, you know, I hope one day to be able to, you know, talk with him again, um, just because, you know, he was a, a great football mind, um, even if it wasn't, um, you know, limited capacity like that. But, um, you know, before we get going as well, Sam, I just wanted to ask, 
you now specifically, just, you know, could you share a little bit about your uh, career as a, you know, college reporter and uh, just your connection to uh, Nebraska? Sure. So I, um, I've been a Nebraska fan my whole life. If you, if you grow up in Nebraska, uh, you know, you're, you're in a Nebraska fan. I lived there until I was 12. Um, then I came out, uh, came out east of Connecticut. I actually went to Fordham. So I was at the the game the other day to yeah. see my alma mater take the field at Memorial stadium was awesome. Nice. Um, I have covered, uh, either via fantasy football podcast or NFL podcast. I've covered the NFL, um, fantasy football and college football for, you know, last seven years. Um, most recently I did a Georgia football podcast last season and, uh, had the opportunity on believe to, to come on and, and talk Husker football after that, which was awesome for me because it's my first opportunity to get to cover the, the, the football team I love most. So it's been, it's been really cool. And, and I just want to thank you, man, for, you know, Kyrie for having me on and, and, and chatting with me. This has been, this has been a real treat. Absolutely, Sam. I, and, you know, the, the feeling is mutual, you know, to be able to have someone like yourself um, who's well-established in this field to be on my show. I appreciate it. And to be able to come together and collab like this, you know, it's great. And, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, as the season goes along, we get to do more shows like these throughout the year. And, um, you know, especially once the off season hits and things like that. So um, I really appreciate you, Sam. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the Bulls and the Cornhuskers match up this coming Saturday. Yeah, man. May the best team win. May the best team win. All righty, guys. I'm Kyrie Demos for Sam Casacho. Take it easy and horns up. And as always, go Big Red. <laughs> Before I let you all go, this is just a quick reminder that today's episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Now remember, horns up and go Bulls. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube